Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Athletics Baseball Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking a little bit about prospects, specifically where they rank, where our top prospects for the A's are ranking in all of the different top prospect lists, and be giving you a little bit of my take on that and some some of the some of the guys that we picked up and and the A's strategy for some of the players that they tend to try to acquire. But before I get into that, I would just like to remind everybody to let your friends and family know, any baseball fans, any A's fans, to check the podcast out. If you like what you hear, like it, follow it, subscribe it, uh, rate it, review it, and help spread it, because we have spring training coming up in about a month, and the season coming up in about two months, and that's not very far away, and once the Super Bowl ends, it's going to be moving in a little bit more of high gear. The focus will be more on baseball, and that's fun and exciting, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm going to be at some spring training games, and... I'm also planning on going to several games this season, both in Oakland and not in Oakland, and I plan on doing some podcasts about that as well, more when it happens, more in the future, that is. Oh, and remember, you can always find us at athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com if you need to contact us, uh, questions, comments, concerns, whatever. You can find us on Instagram at athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast. And, and now, before we talk a little bit about the prospect list, I would like to just follow up. I had said last episode that I would be mentioning what my movie review will be on Monday. And I will stick to that. I want to watch something a little bit more fun, lighthearted, over this weekend. So I've decided to watch Mr. 3000. That's a fun one. We will try to have a lot of fun with that, and it won't be the whole episode. It'll just be a little segment in the beginning of the episode. If you don't like it, you can skip it but hopefully it's something a little bit fun for you. And also in the future, I have, I have a lot of ideas for things that I would like to do coming up. And some of them I think are pretty fun. Maybe you will too. I want to talk a little bit about Eric Chavez at some point in the future. And there's also the episode that I've already teased in the past, and I'm going to do it again. It'll come soon, don't worry. That's John Fisher's Deep Pockets, all right? Talking about John Fisher, the money situation in the A's, and what I think is going on there. And then I also want to talk at some point here about the stadium situation, how I feel about all of that. And then I want to do an episode actually where... I'm still debating how I'm going to do this exactly, but essentially where I critique the 
A's off-season performance, as in how well they did at improving, getting the right guys, making the right trades, signing the right free agents, and even how well they did with making moves with the team, uh, with the staff, thing, things like that, if they, you know, maybe signed a new big coach or something something like that. So just, you know, gi- giving them a sort of evaluation of how they did in the offseason in that way. And obviously I have a lot of other ideas too, but I'm just teasing a few of them for you right now. And let's go ahead and get into the top prospects for the A's and where they wind up on the lists. Let's let's talk about who is in the top 100 on the different lists that's on the A's. For starters, we can do The Athletic. The Athletic has only one A's prospect listed in their top 100. Only one. That is not very pleasant. Uh, they That would be Tyler Soderstrom, listed as a first baseman slash catcher, at number 60. So fairly high up there, but not as high as other lists, and other lists are more kind to the A's as well. Basically, The Athletic just talks about how horrible he started out before eventually starting to do better, and they note that he played high A, double A, and triple A before having before receiving an injury, or actually he received that injury partway through the season. And they basically seem to think that he should be a first baseman, which the A's th- think so too, and he will be a first baseman. So maybe the Athletic will be kinder to Tyler Soderstrom once he is getting more reps specifically and only as a first baseman, which I think is what's going to happen. He might make, at, at this point, a fine backup catcher on the roster in case there's an injury or, or something happens and he has to jump in for one game or a half a game or something like that. But he's all about the bat let the bat play. That's sort of what they're saying, and I think I agree. I do think that he should probably be higher on the list than 60, because he is a big-time hitter, and he's only 21. He bats lefty, and I think that he's working out when you look at his minor league stats. I also think that the athletic is really not being super nice to the A's because the A's have several other good prospects that a lot of other people think, including myself, that they are top 100 worthy. So I'm curious to know how the Athletic judges their players. Now, that said, that the Athletic did release their 10 close misses as well, which is the 10 players who were just outside of the top 100. And one of them was also an A. 
So I'll, I'll throw that in there. Zach Geloff, uh, third baseman, 23, 6 foot 3, 205 righty. And basically, it seems like all that they're saying is he would have been for sure in the top 100 list for them if he had kept up his production from the beginning of the season before he got injured. And after he got injured, he lacked the power that he had in the beginning of the season. And I think maybe, hey, maybe it's fair to lower a player because of that, because they haven't shown you that they've come back from an injury successfully, and they've made it work, and and they're the same player they were before the injury. I think that's fair, and I do think that we'll see him after the whole off-season of recovery and and presumably rehab and strengthening exercises and everything else, I think that we will, I, I hope, I should say, that we will see him have a return to form with a nice slash line and maybe maybe have him come up uh, partway through the season or at the end of the season as someone solidly in the top 100 list uh, for the prospects for the A's. And I don't think that either Soderstrom or Geloff are in the area of should be called up or could be called up at this point. I don't think we'll be seeing them in 2023. So I think at the end of the season, we'll see how they did in AAA, probably. And hopefully that's pretty good, and they will both climb their way up these top 100 lists. Now, let's look at CBS Sports. So that was The Athletic. Now let's look at CBS Sports, where they have Tyler Soderstrom listed as the 24th-ranked prospect. They note that he mostly played first base last year, and that it might get him to the majors sooner, which he's only, this is only going to be his 21-year-old season, so he is looking like a candidate. He won't be up this year, like I just said, but looking like a candidate to maybe be coming up when he's 22, 23, and I think uh, the the Athletic, or CBS Sports actually says, interestingly, mid-season hopeful for Tyler Soderstrom, as in there's a chance that he will be brought up mid-season for the A's. I really don't think so, because you've got a bunch of first base options on the A's already. If Ryan Noto works out, and I think he will, then you've also got Jesus Aguilar on first, and you would need to do something with both of them if you were going to call Tyler Soderstrom up. I don't think the A's are going to call him up for a bench role or for three weeks in the majors at this point. I think they're just going to wait until 2024 and bring him up. I think that that's just that's just what I think. I could be wrong. Then they have, interestingly, Asturi Ruiz, number 88, CBS Sports, Asturi Ruiz, 
They've got him listed down uh, as playing double-A, triple-A, and majors in 2022 with his really, really impressive minor league stat line listed up here, too. 332 batting average in the minors last year, 16 home runs, 85 stolen bases, 974 OPS, uh, 66 walks, and that's all over, I think, about 100 games in the minors, maybe 95, some somewhere in there. I mean, th- that's an insane stat line. Just, just throwing it out there. But they talk about that on CBS Sports on their list. They say that basically he had the best minor league stats in the minors in baseball last year. And then they then they say basically the reason he's not higher on the list is because and and why teams haven't been holding on to him really really tightly with this crazy minor league stat line is basically that his contact is not great. He doesn't get he doesn't get great quality contact on his swing. So basically they're just implying that he has a lot of a lot of at bats where he's not barreling up the ball. He's he's popping up, he's grounding out, uh weak contact. So that's why they only have him at number eighty eight and I think I, I'm really happy to see him listed on there at all because everybody is just kind of ignoring him and I'm looking at him actually this season to be sort of a a dark horse breakout candidate that's going to be really exciting and I don't want to put too much pressure on him here or anything like that, but... I'm excited to see what he can do, and I'm not expecting necessarily a rookie of the year year from him or or MVP or anything crazy. I'm not expecting him to steal 100 bases this season. I'm not expecting him to bat 300. I'm not expecting him to hit 25 home runs or 20 home runs. I just want to see him show average batting or better with solid base stealing, good speed, good defense in the outfield and good discipline at the plate. You know, if we can if we can see some of these things from him, it's only going to be his first really his first season in the majors. He played a like a couple games last season, like I don't know, 15 games or something like that. And who cares about that? That's not his first season. This is going to be his first season. I just want to see him have a promising first season. And now, that's not all, because CBS Sports also has Ken Waldachuk on the list in number 96. They've got the minor league and major league stats listed for him that are sharply contrasted. Minors, 2.84 ERA. Majors, 4.93. And... Yeah, hitters are better in the majors, but he played much less, much fewer games in the majors last year, and base as third, a third as many, and you know he's still young, he's still improving, 
and I think that he is going to do a lot better than the 4.93 ERA that he had last season in the majors in his handful of games, and I am happy to see him listed here on CBS Sports as well, uh, because we got to see him a little bit for the A's last season, and he started out a little rough, he finished really strong, looking really good, and he got a win over Shohei Otani. I think that he, sort of like Astori Ruiz, is kind of overlooked by a lot of people, you know? You you hear A's fans saying things like, oh, we didn't even get anyone from these trades. Well, you're seeing here on some lists, you've got Ken Waldachuk and Astori Ruiz listed in the top 100. And Ken Waldachuk deserves it just from the couple of performances that he put up towards the end of the season last year in the majors, showing that he can do it in the majors. I mean, he's got to show that he can do it long-term, that guys aren't going to figure him out, and that's going to be it for him, but I think he can. He looked good. What can I say? So those are the people listed on CBS Sports, their top 100. It's interesting that Geloff is not listed anywhere in there, I wonder maybe if he was just on, just outside of it as well. It's possible, but they don't have their uh, their ten just outside the list guys. Uh, they don't they didn't post those anywhere, so nothing we can do there but speculate. And then we'll look at MLB.com, the MLB top 100 prospects list, and the A's. They have just. Tyler Soderstrom at 39, and Ken Waldachuk at 76. They list them both as uh, ETA, estimated time of arrival, at 2023, so they think that both of them, again, this is another website uh, that thinks they're both going to... I mean, Ken Waldachuk is already up. He's going to be up in 2023. But thinking that Tyler Soderstrom is going to be up in 2023, I don't know. I don't think so. He's really young. He showed a lot, but it really would not be very advantageous for the A's to bring him up right now when they're stacked at first base. They don't need him at catcher, and if they bring him up, that's one year less that they're going to have him in the future, potentially, where when the A's are actually more likely to be good, because this year, it's not all that likely for the A's to have a wild card shot. It's possible, but do you do you really want to burn a year of team control on your top prospect, your absolute best prospect, when it's still a rebuilding year? And that year would be much more useful in three years, four years, when we will actually have the pieces built up around him, I don't know. I think uh, I think it that's that would be a mistake, in my opinion. I mean, it would be really awesome to get to watch him play this year, but I think it would be a mistake for the A's to call him up, ultimately. So they've got these guys, 39, 76, no Ruiz, no Geloff, and 
also, we haven't seen any Kyle Muller, Daniel Susak, or any any of these other guys yet. And I don't know if we will. I'm just just mentioning that, just observing. And then we've got the September list from Bleacher Report. So this was the top 100 prospects as of September, which right at the tail end of the season, not much will have changed between then and now, in my opinion, or shouldn't have because there wasn't much baseball played in the minors since then. So they've got the honorable mentions the next 50, right? So guys who did not make it into the top 100, and they've got three A's listed there. They've got Daniel Susak listed fourth out of the catchers that they've got listed here, and then infield, they've got Zach Geloff listed second. I don't know if these are necessarily in any particular order, but I will tell you that anyway. They have Max Muncie listed 11th, and those are the guys that are in the just outside of the top 100 section. So a a couple of A's there that they don't really mention on on a lot of the other lists. So opinions vary, guys. Who's hot and who's not for prospects is really subjective, but it's good to see that even if certain news sources are not giving props to the young some of the young ace guys that we know others are oh and actually this is interesting i didn't see this uh because the trade had not happened yet at that point kyle muller is on the just outside of the top 100 list the 50 outside list as i kyle muller is there listed as a lefty pitcher so that is now four players on the just outside list here. Kind of cool, kind of cool. So then we have to go all the way to the 69th position for Ken Waldachuk. So he's getting ranked a little bit higher here than a couple of the other lists. And you go to, at this point, Shea Langoliers was still kind of a prospect as uh, his rookie season, and he is listed as number 45. So consider Shea Langoliers basically as a top 100 prospect. So when we when we see who we got from these trades, when you're thinking about that, keep that in mind. We did get another top 100 prospect, essentially, who was MLB ready and then he wasn't a prospect anymore because he went to the, the MLB. And that's Shea Langoliers, number 45 on this list. Number 37, Tyler Soderstrom as a catcher slash first base. Probably not going to be doing much catching. So that's kind of interesting. It's It's nice when these articles tell you who just missed because... There's a lot of guys who are close and not quite there in these top hundreds. And and the top hundred prospect rankings are so subjective that if you are ranked 110, 
you might as well be ranked 60 or 50 because it's all kind of just a, a toss-up at these points. If I feel like you get a higher quality in the top 10. If there's a consensus that someone is in like the top 10 prospects, then the consensus, there's probably some truth there to it. And probably more top 10 prospects guys are actually going to become someone noteworthy in the big leagues. If they stay in the top 10, or if there's a big consensus that they deserve to be in the top 10. But when you're when you're picking the 50th prospect versus the 150th, I feel like that there is just not that much of a difference here. Certainly a big difference than someone who is not in the conversation at all for the top 100 prospects list. But everyone in the top... Everyone between 100 and 150 is definitely in the conversation for the top 100 prospects list. It's not like they're way out of it because they're 50 positions away. This is a this is a tight gap. So if you get a guy from a trade or a draft or whatever who is projected, rated, ranked as a, the 150th prospect, then you've got a good a good guy who has a good shot and the potential to be a solid major league player. And then you just have to make it happen. Now, there's also the ESPN Top 100 list, so I'll just roll through this one real quick as well. Number 23, Tyler Soderstrom. They talk about his his tools, his his hit, his power, and and they also interestingly mention that he could potentially play third. Uh, I don't see that happening. I don't think that's really in the cards. He hasn't really played third in the minors for the A's at all, and and they have talked about moving him over to first. So I think that's what he is going to be. They got Ken Waldachuk as number 63. And then just outside of the top 100 list is Max Muncy, Asturi Ruiz, and that's it for ESPN. So no Kyle Muller here, no Zach Geloff, and Max Muncy making an appearance up there. And for the most part, it seems like just to sort of sum sum it up a little bit, it seems like the there's a it seems like there's a lot of consensus that Tyler Soderstrom is the best prospect on the A's, and that Ken Waldachuk is right there. There's also it seems a lot of consensus that Zach Geloff and Estuary Ruiz are relatively close behind as well. So, not too much talk of Daniel Susak and Kyle Muller, who, on the MLBA's top 30 prospects list, Daniel Susak and Kyle Muller are sort of slotted in between Zach Geloff and Astori Ruiz, 
and it's interesting. I think Daniel Susak maybe is just too low in the organization. He, he's only an A, right? Uh, but Kyle Muller not really getting all that much love from a lot of these lists, even though he was the top prospect from the Braves at the time that we got him. But that doesn't really mean anything because the Braves had recently depleted the top level of their farm system. So where was he really? I don't know. Apparently somewhere in the vicinity of the 150th overall prospect slot. It kind of seems like that's where maybe he's being valued by some of these news outlets and sports writers. And I think that's interesting. Hopefully you think that's interesting. But I'm going to... I'll just kind of briefly go into how do I feel about this. Well, I feel like on the one hand, the A's are not getting the love, which is just a regular occurrence. And on the other hand, I feel like maybe the A's did it to themselves, and not in the way that you're automatically thinking, listeners. No, not that they just suck. Oh, they suck. They can't trade for anyone. They can't, you know, that they didn't get any top 100 prospects, which is not true, no matter how you look at it. But I know what you're thinking. The trade sucked. They didn't get anyone good for our star players, and we didn't we didn't sign anyone good on free agency, and we didn't draft anyone good, and the A's just can't do anything right. And that's not true. It's not true, and the proof of that is that the A's continue to do good year after year. They rebuild, have a down season, they come back, maybe down two seasons, they come back, and then they're good again. And I think that the A's have a different way of evaluating players. They aren't looking at the same things, or for the same things, that the sports writers who create the top 100 prospects lists are. They're not looking, in a lot of cases, for the same things that other teams are looking for. And they're not definitely not looking for things that the fans are looking for. So, the A's, they wanted Asturi Ruiz. That was, that was like the guy for the Murphy trade. That was, that was the guy. Alright? And we haven't seen anything in the majors yet. We don't, we don't know if he is going to be the guy at the major league level, but the A's are valuing him really high. And no, we didn't get nothing either from from the Braves in that trade. You know, Kyle Muller and I believe Freddie Tarnock are solid, okay? But Asturi Ruiz for the A's was the centerpiece of that trade, and what that is telling you is the A's are evaluating him in a way that this this guy for the A's evaluation might be somewhere on on par of Ken Waldachuk or 
Who knows? Maybe higher. I mean, that's just speculation. But I think that they're looking at this guy like he is going to be... he Like, he has a lot of potential, basically, that is not picked up by other teams and other prospect evaluation methods. And I think that the A's do that a lot, and I think that they have done that a lot in the past, and they continue to. And that's why when we trade for players, A's fans go, who did we get? I never heard of him. This sucks. I don't know that guy. Well, it's because if you knew that guy, we wouldn't be able to get him. So the A's find someone else who might be just as valuable as that guy that fans go, I want that prospect. Uh, We probably are getting people just as valuable and just not as not as well evaluated or as well known and to a certain extent you have to trust the A's front office here there's a lot of evidence over the last 20 years that the A's know what they're doing when it comes to trading for guys picking guys up on free agency or minor league deals and and things that need a little bit of polish, and the A's polish them up, and now you've got Mark Canna or whoever else. And you gotta you gotta give them a little bit of credit and a little bit of trust with this, because they keep showing us that they can do this, and they have done this successfully. And they're not really showing us that they're incapable of it. Of, of getting good players that are undervalued by other teams. I think they're good at it. So I'm going to say Tyler Soderstrom, Ken Waldachuk, yes. There is a consensus on those guys, and the consensus is that they are both really solid, someone to look at, someone to look for in the future, and I think it's probably correct. But there's a lot of other guys where there is not a consensus, but a couple of people here and there see maybe a flash of what the A's see. And a couple of other guys get get looked at a little bit more positively. And maybe we need to be looking at some of the guys like Kyle Muller, Asturi Ruiz, and... Who knows, maybe maybe more of these guys that we're getting, maybe they need to be thought of from A's fans' perspective as a little bit more on line with Ken Waldachuk and a little bit less on line with a miss of a trade or, or whatever you want to think. Well, hopefully going through the top 100 prospects list for the A's players was pretty fun for you. It was pretty fun for me, and I know it was a little bit of just a rambly episode, but I'll have a good one for you again on Monday, and until then, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.